any sick among you, let him call for prayer. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. Praise God. That wasn't just reserved for, any, for one or two people, but if you have a need in your life and you'd like prayer, we can pray for you, lay hands on you at any time. It doesn't have to be in church service, but the moment was right. I said I'd fit in where I felt the moment was right. So praise God. I'm excited this morning. We're going to have a great service. We're having a great service today. And we are blessed to have with us missionaries Troy and Jeanette Wickett, missionaries to the Fiji Islands and the Solomon Islands. And uh, they're going to share with you their burden this morning for the Fiji Islands, Solomon Islands, and the, the Pacific region that they're in. And we're thankful to have them. And if you were here a few weeks ago, my wife kind of let the cat out of the bag that they were coming and told all of you that this is her youth pastor. So uh, hopefully he'll share some embarrassing stories. And uh, <laughs> she'll have her own, she said. So just know everything can be reciprocated, Brother Wicket. It's, but we're glad to have them this morning. And uh, after service, we're going to have a time of prayer around the altar. So we want you to prepare your hearts while he's preaching, while Sister Wicket speaks, if she speaks this morning. Um, just prepare your heart to respond to what God is doing. And we can come around the front and pray together, pray for one another. And God will do a great work in your life. I believe if you open up your heart to him, God has got a word for you this morning. And uh, also, at the end of the service, you can give um, in your offering. You can also give online. There's various ways you can do that. But we want to bless the wickets this morning and help them. They're trying to raise their money. I think they said they're 75% of the way there. But that's, that last stretch, they're, they're on the road and... Their itinerary is packed. They've been all over Ontario from everywhere. They can tell you all about it. But anyway, let's bless them and let, let the Lord bless you this morning. Brother Wicked, come, take your liberty today, and God bless you. Why don't we pray and thank God for what he's going to do. In Jesus' name, Lord, speak to us through the man of God here this morning, and let us hear your word. Whatever you want to say through him to us, Lord, speak your word, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Something about being in the presence of the King of Kings. Amen. And Lord of Lords. Amen. God can do anything this morning. Amen. There's nothing that my God can't do. Amen. And we are counted such a privilege. Amen. And an honor to be here uh, with you folks today. Amen. I'm glad that no matter where you are, if you're in Fiji or in the Solomon Islands or right here in Ontario, amen, in Ajax today, it's the same presence of the Lord. Amen. And what God has done there, he does here. Amen. And I'm thankful that we serve a God that's as close as the mention of his name. Amen. That we can call upon him. Amen. And he is there. Amen. And as uh, I do want to give honor to your pastor, amen, and first lady today, who just happens to be the first person that received the Holy Ghost, amen, speaking in other tongues under my ministry. And so I was only 19 at the time. I was, you can, I was not, that's a long time ago and a lot of hair ago, amen, but I, 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 I'm still here, <laughs> hallelujah, amen, and so we're very proud, amen, of the Brysons and what God is doing in their lives and in their ministries. Amen. And so I kind of feel a little bit like Paul when he said there's no greater joy. 
Amen. To see your sons and daughters in the gospel. Amen. Doing well. Amen. And so I, I'm excited about what God is doing. Amen. And what God has done. What a beautiful sanctuary. Beautiful place of worship that we have here tonight. Hey, or tonight, today. You know you're in church a lot when you can't remember if it's day or night or what it is. Amen. And what a great heritage. Amen. That this church has. Amen. Amen with the elder Brysons tonight. Amen. And we're grateful for them. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to let you sit down uh, because I'm, I, I, some people are like a rocket ship when they preach. I'm more like one of those, uh, what are they, C-17s, those Hercules aircraft, you know, I, I need a long runway, amen, but once I get up there, there's lots of firepower, amen, <laughs> amen, but we're glad to be here this morning, amen, and uh, for those that don't know, some people don't know where Fiji and the Solomon Islands are, most people have heard of Fiji, Amen. But don't really, well, not really positive where that is. Uh, but Fiji and the Solomon Islands are in the Pacific. Uh, most people know where Australia and New Zealand are. Does anyone know where Australia and the land down under? All right. Well, if you were to get on a plane in, in New Zealand, in Auckland, New Zealand, and fly five hours straight north out into the middle of the Pacific Ocean towards the equator, you'll eventually run into the Solomon Islands. About, or sorry, not Solomon, Fijian Islands. I get it mixed up sometimes. My kids love to make fun of me. The Fijian Islands. And uh, we call them the Fijian Islands, not just Fiji, because there's over 300 islands that make up the country of Fiji. And so then you get back on that plane again and fly another three hours northwest. Almost, you almost get to Papua New Guinea, and you'll run into the Solomon Islands. There's over 900 islands in the Solomon Islands. And so between the two island nations, there's about 1,200 islands. Probably about two-thirds of them are inhabited. Amen. But uh, I always like to joke about the irony of God because I used to pastor in Prince Edward Island on the east coast of Canada. And I guess God just felt like one island wasn't enough for me and uh, to keep me out of trouble. So he sent me over to 1,200 of them. Amen. To kind of keep my, you know, idle hands and all. So he wanted to make sure that things were, things were busy. And so, uh, but we're excited about what God is doing uh, over there. I, I'm, and I'm glad it's a beautiful day because sometimes I'm afraid when I tell you this next bit of information that I get worried people in especially when I'm in Canada, are going to throw stuff at me. Um, and because everyone always asks, well, what's the climate like there? What's the temperature like there? And so in Fiji, uh, the summertime temperature is probably uh, 25 to 40 degrees uh, all, all summer long. And then in the winter, it dips way down to uh, 20 to 35 degrees in the wintertime. And so it's, uh, it's not quite that much of a, uh, but some were chuckling, but I'll tell you this, when I was, uh, it gets down to 20 degrees. I've seen it get down to 19 degrees twice and 18 degrees one time. And when, and when it gets down to 20 degrees in that area, they will pull out the fur coats 
and the winter hats and the mittens and the gloves. And uh, I'll, I'll get a kick. That I will do and I know it doesn't look like I spend much time doing this, but on the walking trail. And they'll have those uh, what I call the Michelin Man uh, coats on that, you know, that look <laughs> all fluffed out. Amen. Because the cold, they don't like the cold. And consequently, after us being there for so long, uh, even though I grew up in Canada and my wife grew up and she grew up in Ontario, just on the west side of Ontario in Kenora, uh, just before you get to the Manitoba border. And so we've both grew up in Canada, but being over there has thinned our blood and brittled our bones because uh, I feel like sometimes the, yesterday when that cold, rainy and it wasn't even that cold, but man, I tell you what, I felt it all night long. I was like, man, either that or I'm getting old, Pastor. I don't know. I, I prefer to say it's just the cold that I'm not getting old. Amen. But, uh, and I always answer this question because without fail, usually it's a young person, and maybe not so much in, in Canada, but I get this question a ton. And uh, I always get the question, someone will come up to me and say, Pastor, does Fiji water really come from Fiji? And if you ever see in the grocery store, they have Fiji water there. And uh, the answer is yes. It actually, that's why you're paying $5 and something a bottle because that is volcanically filtrated goodness all the way from Fiji. And no, I don't get any endorsements for mentioning this in my speaking. Amen. But we are, we are glad to be here today. I'm so glad to have my wife and my family with me today. Uh, they oftentimes don't get to uh, be with dad, but on deputation, I try to make it a priority to they go with me. So if, if I'm going to be miserable traveling together, we're going to be miserable traveling all together. <laughs> and they keep things, and uh, we, we appreciated the pastor and, and the first lady for letting us invade their home yesterday. And my kids got to, uh, well, they're probably still picking up today from all of the toys and all of the fun they had uh, yesterday. And so uh, I, I, thank, I thank you guys for letting uh, Justice and Kellen and Eva play with your toys, guys. And uh, they had a great time. I'm going to ask them to come real quick, and I'm just going to introduce them to you. And uh, they are... I, I always show they're my team. We're, we're a missions team. And so uh, they have, uh, you can see Callan here, he, he was having an ice ball fight and got hit with an ice ball. I won't say who threw it at him. <laughs> Amen. But they're having fun. Well, playing on the snow and uh, ice and uh, they don't have that back home, so they get excited about playing on that. And they have not learned to respect the the frozen snow, not the fluffy snow. And uh, and so, but we're glad they're here today. This is Justice. He's 11. And uh, he is uh, my alpha. And then we have Callan here in the middle. He's my hinge man. He's nine. And then Eva at the other end, she's my omega. And uh, she's the, you know, the Lord says alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And, 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 and I, I always joke and say, if she's my omega, but if she'd been my alpha, she still might have been my omega. I don't, I don't know. She's my, she's my bundle. 
and uh, my high-energy girl, but she's good. I think she gets better looking every day. That's why I tell everybody. Amen. But I, I'm glad. Do you guys feel like teaching them some Fijian stuff today? You okay with that? All right. Justice, what, 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 you guys want to learn some Fijian today? Just a couple little phrases. Hey, Amen. What, what, what phrase you want to teach them today? Vaka totolo. Vaka totolo. Vaka totolo. And, and I will say that in Fiji there is, uh, I'll come back to that. You may have to tell them again. There's three main languages. English is the legal language. And then there's Fijian, which there's about 300 different dialects of the Fijian language. But they do, we, they speak, everyone understands the Bowen language, which was the original language of the big chief, the head chief. And then there's Hindi. We have a large Indo-Fijian population, and so they speak Hindi there. But these guys are going to teach us the Fijian today. And, and Justice has told us Vaka Totolo. And what does Vaka Totolo mean? Hurry up. <laughs> He might or might not have heard that this morning on the way to church this morning. Amen. But vaca totolo means hurry up. And in the Fijian culture, it's the island culture, so everything, they call it Fiji time. Which is, I, when I go preach places, I don't ask them what time church starts at. Because I, I learned my lesson. Because a lot of times I get to church, I'm the only one there when church time comes. And then about 30 minutes later, the pastor comes. And then 15 minutes after, 30 minutes after that, everybody else shows up. So I always ask the pastor, when do you want me to be there? And so when I get there, church is rolling and I can just step in. Amen. So, so I always tease my office staff and I go in every morning and I just start yelling, vaca totolo, vaca totolo. What about you, Callan? What, what do you want to what do you want to teach them today? Mothe. Mothe. What does mothe mean? Goodbye. Goodbye. How, how, what is hello? Bula. Bula means hello. How do, you, how do you say hello if you want to be respectful? Bula vanaka. Bula vanaka. That's right. So bula means hello and mothe means goodbye. And so you, we can say hello and goodbye. Uh, here today, and I said the respectful bulavanaka is just a nice way of uh, being respectful when you say hello, and if and it's kind of funny because thank you is vanaka or thank you very much is vanaka vakalevu, and and so I say all that to say there's going to be a test following service, and I just want to make sure you guys have all these uh, words down. Wawa. Wawa. What is wawa? Wait. Wait. Uh, some thought we were going to say water, didn't you? <laughs> Tricked you. It means to wait. And with her, she's bouncing all the time. Sometimes I feel like I'm uh, running an air guitar. Wah, 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 wah. You know, she's just trying to tell her to wait all the time. Amen. But we're, so th that is just a few words that uh, we can learn. And then my wife, she's like a vocabulary uh, person. So she's got it all down. And uh, but I'm glad that she's here today. Uh, I, I, I it's not a joke. I, I say it kind of jokingly, but it's really the truth. My ministry is about a 90 percent her and 10 percent me. <laughs> and so I'm grateful for her uh, investment. And she's the glue that keeps this team together. These missionaries in training here. And uh, she used to be an RN in the ICU. And now she's a full time uh, a teacher and homeschooler, 
And so, and administrative uh, guru to myself. Amen. But I want her to come this morning and, and just greet the congregation. Well, I will say a few words. And that is, we are so blessed to be here today. God is, God is truly so good. Um, when Eva mentioned that, the Wawa wait, it reminded me of a story. Um, when we were first going to Fiji, um, Eva was probably three at the time, three, and then Callan was five, and Justice was six. And I was thinking, you know, taking these three little kids on an airplane, you're geared up. It's going to be like an 11-hour flight. I had snacks. I had everything prepared. I was ready mentally to take this big, long trip. And then God told me, Wawa. He said, wait. And, well, as we were, we were, our flight was delayed because of a storm. And as we were pulling into this terminal to catch our next flight, there goes the Fiji Airways flight. I look out, and I see it. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be on that plane. And so, anyways... God said to wait that night, and later on through that night, we found out the reason why. Our paperwork that had been filed like a week earlier was supposed to be filed 21 days earlier, but because of some circumstances, it hadn't got filed, and so anyways, that night, we got online, and we got a letter from the president's office saying that we could enter the country with our paperwork as it is and no questions asked. So, you know, if we had been on that plane, we would have never got that letter, and who knows what would have happened. But so God orders our steps, even though we may have to wait sometimes, and it may be disappointing, frustrating for us, but you know what? God has a plan in it all. So I would encourage you guys, get one of these cards. These are our prayer cards because they're on our back table, on our table out there. Pray for us. No, you may not be able to come to Fiji, but you know what? Your prayers can. So take one of these, pray for us. We also have these larger cards here. They're our missionary kids cards. There's some information about our kids and how to pray and how to connect with our kids. Um, because a lot of times we pray for the missionaries, we pray for the field, but sometimes the missionary kids get forgotten. So take one of these. If you have kids, grandkids, or Sunday school, take one of these, connect your kids with some kids, some missionary kids across the other side of the world. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And my wife always says these are free. They're, they're not free. They're going to cost you something. It's called prayer. Amen. They're called prayer cards. Hey, not bookmarks, prayer cards. Amen. Amen. So take, make sure to take one of these. Put them somewhere. Amen. If you're like me and spend too much time going to the fridge, amen, get a magnet and stick it on the fridge. Amen. Amen. If you're... Uh, uh, if you're spiritual like your pastor, you can put it in your Bible, and I'll know that you'll you'll see that. And and hey, you do live in the GTA, so uh, you might want to put this on your rearview mirror because it every time you're driving and commuting, it'll remind you to pray, but it'll also help with the road rage. It'll keep it at a minimum. I promise. Well, you guys don't seem very convinced of that this morning. Amen. Amen. But just make sure to grab one of these. Amen. And pray for us. Amen. That God will touch and God will minister. Amen. We're raising uh, project funds for our, uh, for our travels. And we're trying to raise for our kids' education and uh, their schooling. And also, uh, we're raising uh, funds for our uh, Bible school training. 
And so, man, my brain is not working here today. I don't know why. And so if you see, my goodness, I can't get things out of my Bible here today. If you see these, these green forms on our table, that's just if you would like to be a part of that, uh, you can fill those out. Amen. And be a part of what God is doing. I thank this church. Um, you, you can see uh, those yellow forms uh, that are on the table. These are called partner and missions forms. And your pastor already in this church already does support us. Amen. And so I encourage you, if you would like to uh, be a part of our ministry on a monthly basis, you talk to him and I'm sure he can help you uh, facilitate that and help with that support today. Amen. Because it's a team effort, right? Amen. I, uh, I, I don't get to, uh, there's some places we, uh, you don't get to go, but we'll go for you. And uh, you say, well, that's a pretty nice place, but it is a third world country. Amen. Once you get past the brochures and uh, uh, 90, probably 95, 3%, 3 to 5% of the country is kind of resort stuff. But then the 95% is all third world. In the Solomon Islands, it's actually a fourth world country. And uh, in the Solomons, uh, there's a 99% malaria rate in the Solomon Islands. And so we encourage you to pray for us. Amen. We're believing God to do great and, and marvelous things today. Amen. We do have a short video that we want to show you just to kind of give you a little bit idea of what's been going on in Fiji and the Solomon Islands. And I believe that the, the media uh, gurus in the back have her ready to go. I heard the first few notes. There it is. I'm reminded of my childhood playing around an old-fashioned water pump that we assumed was no longer of any use. But I watched as my grandfather poured a little bit of water into the priming chamber of that old, rickety, seemingly worthless water pump. And then he began to pump that old handle. And within a few seconds, an abundance of water overflowed onto the hard, dry ground, bringing refreshing and renewing to us from what seemed like an unseen source. Just like the widow woman in 2 Kings chapter 4, who was desperately in need of a miracle, simply poured out her little drop of oil into that borrowed vessel, unknowingly priming the supernatural flow of God's miraculous power into her situation. We too endeavor to pour out our little. What may seem like one drop in the bucket becomes the prime that's needed to release the overflow of God's supernatural power and provision into the arid spiritual environment of this world, meeting the needs of those who were so desperately in need of his presence. Fiji and the Solomon Islands, both nations of beautiful landscapes and home to some of the most wonderful people in the world, still need a supernatural overflow of God's Spirit. We felt the call of God to go, and we responded by pouring out our one drop, prayerfully and with the heart of worship, to prime the flow of God's Spirit, and with the help and faithful support of the North American Church.
Through our faithful responses to God's call to give, we are beginning to see the overflow from that unseen source. Just like Moses, when he struck the rock with such an expectation and water burst forth, we too are seeing the flow of God's supernatural power and provision in a miraculous way. Overflow in our Bible schools. In the last four years, our enrollment has grown from 25 students in one campus to a record enrollment of 155 students in six campuses with a seventh campus scheduled to open by the end of the year. With the continued development of the Bible school facilities to accommodate the incredible student body growth, God is flowing like never before. Overflow in evangelism. In the last several months, we have begun what I like to call micro-evangelism. As we go from village to village, sharing the gospel in small crusades throughout the interior of the main islands as well as the outer islands in remote areas. As a result of the overflow of God's Spirit, we have baptized more than a thousand in the name of Jesus Christ and God is filling them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Just as we continue to pour, like the widow in 2 Kings chapter 4, we believe that God will continue to use the prime that we provided together. The overflow of God's Spirit will continue to flow until every vessel in Fiji and the Solomon Islands has been filled. Amen, and that's our prayer today. Amen, we believe that this is for everybody. Aren't you glad that salvation is for everybody? Amen, it's not just for a few select people, but it's for the whosoever will. Amen, and I'm grateful for that today. I'm thankful for that God's blessing and provision. Amen, that, that, that number that, that was said there, amen, there's a couple, let me give you a couple updates as, we, as I kind of step into it this morning. And that, and that is the, the Bible schools now are not, the seventh one has already opened. Amen. And we're believing God that by the end of this year, we're going to have over 200 students. Amen. In Bible schools. And you say, well, does that matter? Someday, does that matter? Does Bible schools matter? Absolutely. Amen. One of our Bible school graduates is uh, Brother Jim, who during the pandemic and all the lockdown stuff and all that, all that fun, and he was discouraged because he was just starting a church. And, uh, and so we, I talked to him. We encouraged him. So he decided he was going to go uh, and, and go door to door and start doing it. And during that six-month window, Brother Jim baptized 230 people in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In the middle of a lockdown. Amen. God makes a way where there is no way. Amen. Brother Eddie Marvin, he's our, he was a graduate of the Bible school in, the, in Fiji, and he's over in the Solomon Islands right now as, a, uh, as the missions director over there. And, uh, and during the last six to eight months, uh, Brother Eddie has baptized three or no, four denominal pastors and, and two of them, their whole churches in the name of Jesus Christ. And God has filled them with the Holy Ghost. Amen. We've got now three or four more churches now. Amen. That are a part and we didn't have to plant them. We didn't have to do it. But God just stepped in and did a miraculous work. One of them, he just stopped in 
on his way home and to have lunch and saw a church and had lunch with the pastor. Amen. They talked to him about baptism in Jesus' name, did a Bible study. Amen. Before he left, he baptized the pastor, his wife, and four people from the congregation. Amen. I'm here to tell you that God can do anything. Amen. There's nothing too big for my God to do. Amen. And so we, we, want to, we want God's spirit to move. We want to uh, step into each and every one and allow God to flow. In uh, that number that said 1,000 baptized in microevangelism, that was when we made the video back in July of, la of last year. But since then, God has filled, uh, we have baptized over 2,000. From February of last year till February of this year, we've baptized over 2,000 people in that one thing. I'm never here to tell you, God can make a way where there is no way. Amen. There's nothing too big for God to do. Amen. In the seasons of time, when things start, to, uh, we go through times of trial and times of struggle and times of disappointment. But I'm glad that God makes a way where there is no way. Amen. Sometimes we're a little bit like uh, in, in, I read in uh, Numbers chapter 13, it says, And the Lord was taking the children of Israel into the promised land, and he said, uh, and it says, the Lord spake unto Moses. This is in Numbers 13, verse number 1. It says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, send thou men that they may reach the land of Canaan, when I, when I give, sorry, I, which I give to the children of Israel, out of every tribe of their fathers, shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, uh, by commandment of the Lord, sent them into the wilderness of Paran, all those men that were heads of the children of Israel. I want to read it in, the, in the, the GW translation. It reads this way. And the Lord said to Moses, uh, send men to explore Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites. It's very interesting to me. And then when this is Numbers 13 and 1, but if you skip down to Numbers chapter 13, verse 17, it says this. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, get you up this way southward to the mountain. And he goes on and he, he says, I want you to see the land and what it is and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak or few or many. And, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and the cities that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is. You notice the difference here. When God told Moses to go into the promised land, which was the land that he was going to give them, he said, I want you to go, and the GW translation calls it to explore. And Moses, in, 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 uh, in the King James, it says that they may search the land of Canaan. In other words, God said, I want you to go explore the good things of God. I want you to go in and experience the promises and the blessings and the things that I'm going to have for you. But when Moses sent them in, he said, I want you to go and spy out the land. Why? Because Moses was trying to figure out how he was going to do it. 
I need information. Because you see, some people don't recognize this about Moses. Moses was, uh, we, we kind of see him as the don't let my people go guy. But if you study history, Moses was a great general. He was, that's why in, the, in Egypt, he was uh, touted as the next pharaoh because he had such major battles and victories. He went to the greatest schools of, he was, went to the West Point of his time and he learned the battle and learned how to fight and learned how to win, win these wars. And so he had great victories and so he was touted as a great general. And then he goes in, he gets called into ministry, <laughs> amen, out of of that land and instead of trusting God to do it his way Moses said guys I want you to figure out is there giants there is there walls around the city there is all these things there because then I once I have that information I can make a plan of attack but more God said no 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 I didn't tell you to go and spy I said go explore because he said, the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. Amen. And sometimes in life when we get to the place where we're facing obstacles and trials and we're like, well, if I have, this is the flesh, right? If I just had more information, if I just had this, then I could do it. And if I just had that, I could make it through. And, and, and I'm trying to figure it out and I'm got full of anxiety and I've got worry and frustration as I try to figure out in my mind how I'm going to, is there any OCD folks in the place that know what I'm talking about right now? Amen. You've got to have it all lined out and you've got to have it all put in place. Amen. But God's saying, you know what? It's not about trying to spy out the blessings of God. Lord, I don't know how you're going to, uh, what we're going to do when we get this building full. And so uh, how are we going to, number one, how are we going to get it full? How are we going to do this? And how are we going to minister here? And how are we going to reach the city? And, how, and it can be so overwhelming and we're looking and trying to figure it all out. And God's saying, we you stop spying and start exploring. Ooh. In other words, start looking for the blessings and the promises of God and quit trying to figure out all the things. Think about this. Think about this. When Joshua finally went in, it's okay if I come down here. I'm like a wanderer when I preach. I like to wander a little bit. Amen. Joshua, when he finally got to go into the land of promise, you know what God told him? This is the plan of attack. Most of us all know the story, and I may be assuming something today. But the Lord told Joshua, I want you to go into the promised land. I'm going to give you the land. And this is how you're going to defeat the enemy. You go and you march around the city once a day for six days. Then on the seventh day, I want you to march around seven times. Then I want you to blow a trumpet and shout praise unto the Lord, and the walls come tumbling down. And he's looking at Moses' book of of war and he's saying I can't find that in this book I can't find out this I've never seen this strategy before is this some sort of newfangled thing that I, I'm trying to figure out how to defeat the enemy by Martin? This doesn't make any sense at all. This is crazy. You know why? Because his job wasn't to spy. His job was to explore. 
And God said, I, I'm going to do it. I know. See, we got to start looking for the blessings of God. Amen. In the middle of the pandemic, we were in the middle of it all in Fiji as well. Amen. And we decided that we were going to quit looking at all. How are we going to do that? And we're just going to start trying to uh, just try to explore and, tr and trust in the Lord. And so, you know what? One of the things we did, we went to the police station and we said, hey, can we do an outdoor service? Now, you got to understand, we, so we, they said yes. And so we went and got every speaker that we could find. I mean, we had stacks of speakers. It's like we had more speakers than a rock concert somewhere. I mean, it was speakers everywhere. And the police station sat up on a hill. And so we decided we're going to have church. And they said, have at it. And so, I mean, it was loud. I mean, it was so loud that if you had hair, it, you stood in front of that speaker, it could split your hair right down the middle. It just fold it right down the middle. I mean, it was loud. It was going several miles. It could be heard. And you say, well, did people complain? Well, this is the thing. The police told us, you can come back and have church here anytime. Because we didn't have one drunken disorderly call last night. We didn't have one domestic uh, disturbance or domestic violence call. We didn't have any calls. We just sat home all night long. You know why? Everybody went to church. <laughs> it didn't matter what denomination. It didn't matter what it was. Everybody went to Pentecost, went, was into the Pentecostal church that day. And, uh, and you got to understand, too, in Fiji, in the village, out in the villages, and this, this was so loud, it was reaching two or three, maybe even four villages because it would just blast down the valley, and we were up on a hill. And, uh, and so it was exciting, but the houses aren't like here in Canada where we have, you know, double walls and insulation and, you know, and attics that are sealed in gyprock and all that kind of stuff and windows that are, you know, double-paned and glass in, or gas infused, so they're insulated. We don't have all that stuff. It's just, you know, just basically just a, a you know, a one-wall house, and uh, windows are optional. They might have louver windows. They might not, or sometimes we have a curtain across, and hopefully, and sometimes not, and I've never seen a door closed in Fiji in my whole life. They have doors, but none of them ever closed. I, I guess they're just decorative. Always, always the open door policy in, in Fiji. And so the sound just would flow out of there and would, and would get everywhere. So everybody went to church. Everybody heard it. They sit in their living room. They were here and they were a part of church. And, and, and you also have to understand, too, Fijian services are different than North American services. Like... When, when they have worship, it's like two hours of worship. The preaching, well, I'll say this. I, 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 one time I, was, I preached at a place and the pastor was mad at me and I knew he was mad at me. I could tell he was mad at me. Not mad, I shouldn't say mad. He was just frustrated. Maybe that's a better way of putting it, frustrated. And so I knew something was wrong, pastor. And so they have a lunch for us afterwards. And so I, I had the lunch and... And I could tell he was a little frustrated still. And I, so I pressed him and I said, you know, what's wrong? And he said, no, I'm fine. Well, I've been married long enough to know <laughs> that that doesn't mean what it's supposed to mean. Can I get an amen in the house right now? <laughs> and, so, and so he, I pressed him a little bit further. And finally he told me, he said, Pastor, you only preached 45 minutes. And I said, what do you mean only preach 40? He said, Pastor, you're only here once a year. 
And so in Fiji, we have about 75 churches in Fiji and about 50 daughter works and preaching points. And then we have another 25 churches in the Solomon Islands, which is a little more uh, younger in the, in the gospel. And so I try to get to as many churches in those, you know, 50 weeks, 52 weeks that I can get into as many as I can. And so most times I can only get one once a year to a lot of these. And so he said, I said, well, what do you expect? And he said, well, pastor, next year, he said, you have to preach a minimum of two hours. You should see some of your faces right now. You're like, oh, God. I, should have got, I shouldn't have got up so early to put the roast in. I shouldn't have made my reservation so early at the restaurant. My goodness, I'm not going to make it. Don't worry. My wife has always already reminded me almost daily I'm not in Fiji anymore. <laughs> all right. And so some, I always joke and tell them, in Fiji, if you don't preach an hour, they don't think you preached at all. And so, uh, and so don't worry, relax, everybody. It's okay. Don't run away. Amen. But, uh, but, and so the preaching is going to last an hour plus, you know, and then the altar service, they'll play the music for another couple hours. So to have a, th- a five hour, five to six hour church service is not out of the question. And then they'll have lunch and do it all over again and have two of them on Sunday. So, it's, so you can have 10 to 12 hours at church. Hey, man, I tell you, that's why we're so spiritual. That's why we're so spiritual. And, uh, and so when you figure that's also, that's a Fijian style. So there, it's blasting. It's, you know, and, and in the middle of the worship, so they're doing the worship service, and we had our missions team. We weren't allowed to congregate, but they were, they were journeying through, walking through the villages. So that if somebody had a question or if they wanted prayer, they could come out of their house and flag them down and our missions team would pray for them. And one of these ladies comes running out of her, uh, kind of running out of her house. And, and, and you got to understand, too, the villages are different there. It's not like here where you have streets and multiple, you know, kind of. It's like one road coming in. And then there's paths, all these walking paths that go off of the main road into, and they're, and they're the Houses are speckled all around the all around the the area, and so these guys are walking on these paths. And this lady comes running out, and she said, "I need you to tell me what's wrong with me." So they're like, "Well, I don't know what what are you doing? What's going on?" And she said, "She said I was singing your song. I was your worship service, and I was singing along with you, and I was just worshiping the Lord and singing." And she said, "And as I was singing, I began to sing in a language I didn't understand." So she said, "I stopped singing, and I thought, wow, what was that? Praise God!" And so she said, "I I just composed myself and started to sing again." And she said, as I started to sing again, she said, I began to sing in that language that I didn't understand. She says, can you tell me what's wrong with me? We were like, ma'am, there ain't nothing wrong with you. Amen. That's the Holy Ghost. You're not the first. You're not the last. Amen. But God has filled you with his spirit. Amen. And as you begin to speak with other tongues, that was the evidence that God is a woo. No one laid hands on her. Nobody prayed for her. She just began to worship God. Amen. And God gave her the... I'll tell you what. God can do anything. Amen. When she, she was in the middle of a lockdown, but she was looking for the promises of God. Amen. I, I, there was another lady in the same, same revival service. In the middle of the preaching. And the preacher was preaching about the healing power of God. 
and how God can heal. And the scripture says, by, your stri- by his stripes we are healed. And he was preaching it. There was a lady, an, elder, an older lady, who was in the service, who, was, uh, who grew up in a denomination that didn't believe in miracles. They had been taught that when Jesus died and then the apostles died, that no more miracles took place after that. That there was no more miracles. And so she's hearing this preaching about the healing power of God. And you got to understand, in, in Fiji, our health care, you think your Canadian health care is bad. Amen. Fijian health care, let me just tell you. It's just, we, my wife loves to tell the story. That we, we were in a service, and the guy got up on Sunday morning, began to t- Sunday afternoon, began to testify that he, was, he had had heart attacks, and so he was realized he was having a heart attack and he went to the hospital and he was waiting in the waiting room while he was having a heart attack and the lady beside him was also having a heart attack and she died in the waiting room and he said I'm not going to sit here and die so he said I went to church and prayed God and healed me and he was testifying about it that afternoon so that's the kind of health care we have I called I called 911 one time a guy had went out on me, and we couldn't get a pulse, and we prayed and couldn't get him back up. And called 911, and uh, the operator said, sorry, sir, we're busy. Call back later. <laughs> so I say that just to say, you know, we're not going to the Mayo Clinic or, you know, the Children's Hospital. There, there's none of that there. And so this lady was, had a, a, a big tumor on her abdomen, and she had cancer. And uh, she was hearing this preaching about the healing power of God. And, and, and she began to say, Lord, I've never heard this before. I didn't know that this was, here it is, a promise for me. I've searched, I've spied out every opportunity I have to make this, to remedy this, but nobody can help me. But she said, I didn't realize that there was promises for me. And so she said, Lord, I've been living for you a long time. Lord, you love me, and I know you. I love you. And so she began to say, Lord, I believe you can heal me today. And as that preacher was preaching, she just laid her hand on her abdomen and began to pray in the name of Jesus. All of a sudden, their neighbors started hearing hearing some yelling and some commotion. And and so they thought something was wrong. And they come running over to her house. And and, and they came in, and and she she wasn't hurt. She wasn't upset. And they were all standing there. And there was a big circle of them, and they're all staring at something on the floor. What happened was when she prayed that little prayer of faith, Nobody, nobody laid hands on her, which is well, it's okay. God can do whatever he wants. He doesn't have to have somebody lay hands on you. But he does say, you know what, when you lay hands on, that's faith that's being transmitted. But she was just in that place by herself. Whew. I'll tell you what, isn't it exciting that when you can't get out, God can still get in? <laughs> Amen. When you can't get out of your situation, God can say, you know what? I can still get into your situation. Amen. And she laid hands on her abdomen. And when she prayed in Jesus' name, amen, that tumor dried up and fell off onto the floor. And then then everybody was standing there 
in the room looking at this old nasty tumor on the floor, and then they started rejoicing when they realized, amen, when it, you'd be freaked out too if your tumor fell off your body. You're acting like, well, what's she just standing there staring at it for? Amen, you'd be freaked out as well. But when she began to realize that, you know what, it's gone, amen, the, the skin on her stomach was as smooth as it was when she was a baby. That's the kind of God I serve. Amen. A God that can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask or even think of. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. My God is able. And that's why Moses was trying to tell them, I know that there's challenges. Now, I want you to look real quick. He said to them uh, a little bit later, he says in Exodus, he said in Exodus chapter 3, verse 17, when God, when he was talking about, when God was talking about the promised land, he said, and I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Prezites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, unto a land that's flowing with milk and honey. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I, I got to be careful because I could preach this message on my wife sitting back there. Yes, you can't preach the long version. Preach the short version. What I love about this is, number one, God was aware of where they were. He was aware of the challenges and the difficulties that they were facing. And he said, I know where you are, and I'm about to bring you up out of that land in unto the land of the Canaanites. Now, What's very interesting about this, these are the people that were, they were going to have to fight to get this land. And God says, just so you know, I know that it's the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Persites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. He said, I understand that they're there. Now listen, God didn't tell Moses that so Moses could figure out how to defeat them. He told Moses that so Moses understood that God understood that they are there. Because <laughs> sometimes we go through stuff and we say, God, do you not know where I am? Do you not know what I'm facing? And God said, I don't want you to pray that prayer. I want you to know that I know they're there. <laughs> but your job is not to defeat them. Your job is to explore. Your job is to go and see the land that I have given you. Listen, sometimes we can get so discouraged trying to figure out how we're going to overcome the challenges of life and the situations that we find ourselves in. But God wants me to tell somebody, he knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. You can't hide from God. David said, I can go up to the heavens or I can go to the depths of the sea, but I cannot get away from the presence of God. Amen. There doesn't matter what the enemy does in your life either because he told Paul. Paul said what shall separate me from the love of God? Amen. There's nothing that can separate you from the presence and power of an almighty God. Amen. But I love, I love this. He said I'm going to take you someplace. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Now I love that. I don't have time. I, I got to be honest. I don't like, I don't, I'm not a lover of milk and I don't like honey. I mean, I eat milk on my cereal and that's about it. I don't even drink coffee that I could put milk in my coffee. I don't even, 
So when I read this scripture, I was not like, oh, man, what's so special about that place? Milk and honey. <laughs> I'd get sick of that real fast. <laughs> but, but in my simplicity, I began to study what that meant, a land flowing with milk and honey. And what God was saying is, I'm taking you to a place. Number one, if there's milk, that means there's reproduction. That means there's some mama animals having some babies and, 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 and milk is provided. So if there is milk flowing, that means that there is life, that there is reproduction, that there's growth, that there is plenty. It's a place that you're not going around looking to try to find something, that the animals are reproducing, that there's, that there's animal, there's meat, there's, and you know, for those vegetarians, wait, I'll get you on the next one. Amen. But there, that there, that there's stuff to eat. You're not going to starve to death here. There's going to be, there's going to be plenty. It's a land that's flowing with milk, but it also says, and honey. Now, it's interesting about honey. I, I, one of my jobs when I was growing up was on a blueberry field. And I, I worked with blueberries. And at the end of the year, they would burn the blueberry fields. They would burn them off. And then they, then they would bring in, later on uh, in the spring, they would bring in a bunch of beehives. I mean, there would be hundreds of these beehives all over the, the fields. And the reason was is those bees would go out and do their thing and pollinate the fields and they would have a bumper crop of blueberries because those bees went out and pollinated all those plants and, and as a result of their work, it reproduced after itself. And that's the same thing that happens in all kinds of uh, uh, plants. And, and what they're real concerned, if you read the newspaper and go study, they're talking about bees and the, they, the cell phone towers and 5G's messing them all up. And as a result, that food production goes down because bees are the producers and the pollinate and they're the ones that make sure plants get flowers are, are produced and all that kind of stuff. And so God told them, I'm going to take you to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. Where does honey come from? Bees. And if there's lots of honey... What does that mean? It means there's lots of plant life. You're going to have your apple trees. You're going to have your blueberries and your strawberries and your raspberries. He said, when you go there, you can even be a vegetarian. And God says, I'm taking care of you too. Amen. And I'm going to provide all of these things. In other words, I'm taking you to a place that's not dead, but it's alive. And so when we begin to step into the presence of God, it may seem like God doesn't know where we are, but God knows exactly where we are. And God's saying, I don't want you to be a spy and try to figure out how it's all going to happen. I don't know. But God said, if you will be an explorer and say, God, I don't know why I am where I am. I don't know why I'm going through. But you said in your word that you would love me, that your grace was abounding, that your mercies were new every morning and so I can say God here I am again he says it's a land of wheat and of barley and of vines and fig trees and pomegranates it's a land of olive oil and honey and God said I want you to go and as you journey through life I want you to not to be looking for the spies and looking for the walls but I want you to I want you to look for the promises of God I say God I'm in the middle of this but look there's barley fields over there 
There's wheat fields. There's, and I'm, this is metaphorically speaking. Lord, I can see the blessings of God every day. You see, it doesn't matter where you are. God can find you. I remember on Pentecost Sunday last year, I was on the island of Tavayuni. Now, Tavayuni is not any fancy island. It's not big. We have one small church there. It's a very limited uh, population. And uh, the Lord said, go to Tavayuni. And I was like, God, all the way to Tavayuni. My wife wanted to go to Tavayuni for a long time because there's a flower that grows there and it doesn't grow anywhere else in the world. But I took her there at the one time a year that it wasn't in season. <laughs> so I couldn't even win on that front. And they called Tavayuni the land where the day, or the island where the day begins. Because in Tavayuni, the dateline goes through there. And so I always joke and say my prophetic ministry works very well here because I can prophesy in today and then step into tomorrow and it can be done. You can stand in yesterday and today at the same time. And it, it, it's, it's really kind of interesting. So I say this, when you have a great service on Sunday, you say thank you, Lord, and then thank you, Fiji. Because we're the ones that get church started on Sunday morning. <laughs> Amen. We're 17 hours ahead of you. They're already in Monday morning. They're about to get up for work here any time now. And... And, and so when we get there, amen, I'm like, God, we're out in the middle of nowhere. I'm in the place where I call it the, that's where the Starbucks, or I forget I'm in the Canada right now, the Tim Hortons in God's cup. It's a co we're the coffee that gets God going, and we're out in the middle, out in the middle of nowhere in this. And in that service on that weekend, in that place where it was so far out of the way, God made a way where there was no way. God filled 51 people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in other tongues, in the middle of an island, off in the middle of nowhere. 28 of them were baptized in Jesus' name, saying, I don't want to go on again. You know what? God makes a way where there is no way. And so my choice today is, Lord, I can spend all my time looking at the walls and the obstacles and the trials and everything that's going wrong. Or instead, I can begin to look for the promises of God. The blessings of God, the provision of God, the faithfulness of God. Amen. You know what? I didn't have to wake up this morning and say, breathe. My wife uses that all the time. I just breathed when I woke up because God's blessings were upon me. He gave me breath again today. Amen. I, I, I didn't have to. I, I, the sun was out. I, I, the beautiful day. And I thank God, thank you for your blessings. And as I journey into today, I begin to explore. You know what I begin to do? Look for God's opportunity for God's blessings to be in my life. As we stand together and the music begins to come. There's no, there's nothing that God can't do. Can I tell you one more story? I'm going to tell it anyway. <laughs> Nobody said yes, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Now, some of you are going to have a hard time believing this story, but it's okay. I'm going to tell it anyway. Amen. When I was, we were in the village of... Uh, Outside of Singatoka, Nakambuta. I can never remember the name. Just a little village, Nakambuta. They were having an incredible service. 
But one of the ladies in the service was not feeling very well. And so she left. Now, I already told you what the medical situation is and the ambulances. Nobody's calling. And so she was just went home to lay down and said, I'm going to go lay down and uh, for a while. And maybe I feel better. I'll go back to church. It's five hours long because you may, might miss a little bit, but you can get into the end. And her husband realized about in the middle of the altar service that his wife had never came back. She didn't come back. And so he told his son, I'm going to go and see how your mom's doing. So he went out and he got home and she wasn't there. And he looked around for her. He couldn't find her. Now remember, I told you it's paths that go. There's not like streets. It's little paths that go through. And so he come back and he got, he got his son and he said, we need to go and find her. I can't find her. So they began to look more closely and they ended up finding her along the path. And you got to remember, there's no street lamps. It's night, but so you're just kind of walking with moonlight. And she had had a heart attack and had rolled off the uh, road and had passed away. Uh, you say, well, was it, I, I, without being graphic, just let me just say it was very obvious that she had passed away. And she had been there for some time. And so, like I said, there's no ambulance. There's none of that. So they, the dad and the son picked her up, and they brought her to church. Church was still going. People were still in the altar. And in the church, they had prayer benches. Now, I don't know if anyone's familiar with those. But here today, we have an altar where we can kneel at and pray. But sometimes back in the old school, in the old days, they had these little benches that were at the front of the church where people would come and they would kneel at these benches to pray. And so there was these benches that were there at this church. And so the father and the son came in and they laid her down on this prayer bench at the front of the church. The son stood at her feet and the dad stood at her head. Now I know in our North American culture, we would stop the service and gather around and pray and ask God to do it. Fijian culture is a little different. They didn't stop church. There was people still dancing and worshiping God over here. The music was still going. People were still getting prayed for. People were still getting healed. And this lady lay on the prayer bench with the son at the feet and the dad at the head. And about 10 minutes later, maybe 15, between 10 and 15 minutes later, the pastor who was on the platform went down off the platform and he prayed a simple prayer of faith and he took her by the hand and he lifted her lifeless arm and kind of lifted her back a little bit off, like pulled her up almost. And when her back came off the bench... All of a sudden, there was a, and breath returned back to her body again. And the church began to rejoice. You know what? She's still the ladies' director at that church today. 
I have a picture with her today that I can probably show you after church if you really want to. Amen. But God reached into that place, and it was an impossible situation. But with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. I have seen God time and time again move. And so I, I have determined that I'm going to quit looking at the walls that prevent me from stepping into the blessings of God. And instead, I'm going to look for the blessings. I'm going to look for the provision. I'm going to look for God. God shows up when you least expect it. When those men in, in, in the book, uh, in, in Mark chapter 6, were in the middle of a storm that they couldn't get out of, what happened? Jesus came walking on the water. When they couldn't get out, God said, it's okay, guys. I can still get into where you are. Listen, you came too late to tell me that God can't. Because I've seen God do too many things. I remember as an 11-year-old boy watching an evangelist pray over a lady that had her leg was three inches shorter than the other one. And I remember as an 11-year-old, everybody else is praying, and they got their eyes closed, you know, like you're supposed to. But I was just young, and I wanted to see. I just wanted to see what was going to happen. And everybody else is all praying, and I'm here looking out like this down the aisle. And I watched Pastor as he prayed. So you came too late to tell me because I seen it with my own eyes. And that she had one heel on her pinky and one heel on her index finger of the opposite one. He prayed. And I watched as that leg grew right out to meet the other leg right there in that service that day. She had shoes. She had shoes that had the extra heel on them, you know, like were thicker so she could walk normal. But she couldn't wear them out because she would have been hobbling. So she took her shoes off. And I'll never forget watching her walk out of the church that day in her bare feet because God had healed her in that place. You can spend your whole life looking for, looking at the walls and trying to figure out how God's going to do it. Or you can be like the children of Israel and say, I want to be an explorer. God, I, I, I'm just looking for your blessing. I'm looking for your blessing. I'm looking for your provision. I'm looking for your spirit to move. And so today, today I'm going to pray. They're going to sing. And I'm going to invite you just to come to the front as together. And say, Lord, I'm tired of being a spy. I want to be an explorer. I'm tired of looking at the walls. I'm going to start looking at the promises of God. You don't know what they are? Get this book out and begin to read them and see the promises that God has in there for you today. Lord Jesus, I pray over this wonderful, Thank you, Lord. sweet group of people that have gathered together here today in this place. Lord God, you know the obstacles and you know the challenges and you know the things that they are facing. But Lord, I pray right now you'd make yourself so real in their life. Lord God, that whether they may need the Holy Ghost or they may need to be baptized or they need healing, direction. Lord, I pray that your spirit would just encamp round about them today. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, I pray an anointing. You said in your word that your anointing would destroy any yoke or anything that would hinder them from moving in your presence, Lord. I pray that you 
your anointing would destroy yokes today, that there would be a liberty, that there would be a freedom, Lord, that they may seem like they have been isolated. But, Lord God, that you would walk into their life like you walked on that water, like you walked into that situation, Lord, that they may feel like they can't get out of. But, Lord, you can get in today. Lord, I pray that you would make yourself real. Bind anything that would hinder the moving of your spirit. Lord God, and I loose your faith right now. I loose virtue. I loose provision into this sanctuary today. Let your blessings flow. Lord, let your Lord, I pray, let the spirit of the explorer rest upon this congregation. And they says, they say, Lord, I want to see more of you, more of your blessings, more of your provision. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Come alive in the name of Jesus. In the name of Hallelujah.